From Relay FM, this is the Pen Addict, episode 299. Today's show is brought to you by Pen Chalet, Blue Apron, and Curve Case. My name is Mike Hurley. I'm joined by Brent Dowdy. Hello, Mike Hurley. How are you? I'm good. All is right in the world. Yeah, good. Uh, why? Is our, is our long podcast nightmare over? Yes, the podcast Please nightmare tell me. <laughs> of the Pink Love is over. It was not without <laughs> drama. But I am have Lord. it right here in my hand today. I'm using it to take our show notes. So my bung box special edition Sailor Pro Gear Slim Pink Glove 2018 uh, has arrived, which I'm very very happy about. Um, Hallelujah! It's been quite a uh, quite a drama to get it here, um, but we have mm-hmm. it. But uh, there were two things that occurred. During the uh, final <laughs> of stages course. of procurement. <laughs> of course there were. Of course um, there were. One was a 50 pounds customs bill, which I think might be my <laughs> most expensive customs charge that I've ever what? received. I, Brad, I can't work out why they charged me the amount that they did. Um, but I just, at, the, at that point, I was, I just couldn't argue anymore. Like I just, wow. just whatever. Like that's what it was going to cost. Is what it was going to cost. Um, I've never had anything from Japan before. I have no idea if, for whatever reason, that is considered to be different or more expensive. Like the value of the pen, I think was written, you know, correctly. And mm-hmm. you know, I've I've had things of that value shipped before, and I haven't got that kind of charge. Maybe that is just what it is, and I just don't remember. But I was surprised at the the cost um, especially because there are like two different handling fees which drive me mad and then what gets worse is uh, when you pay the fee they do allow you to choose your delivery day which you don't typically get from like Mm -hmm. an incoming delivery right like it just comes when it comes but Mm -hmm. you can arrange a delivery day and they didn't deliver it on the arranged date (laughs) which was a friday so i then had to wait until the monday for it to show up so it's like i pay all these handling fees these two different handling fees and still doesn't get delivered to me on the right day but it is here now um i love it very very much um it is exactly what i was hoping it would be what i didn't think about which i'm really pleased with is the slim cosmos the purple slim cosmos these are basically mm-hmm. the same, like they're very similar, these pens, right? One is purple yes. and glittery and one is pink and glittery. So they look great mm-hmm. next to each other. I'm really excited about that, actually. Yeah, um, my favorite with the pink is the dark hardware, which they rarely yeah, do. I love that too. That's what I makes now it have so two amazing. pens with the dark hardware, right? Because the fifth mm-hmm. anniversary was, was dark hardware ah, too. Ah, right. But, so, but what I love about this sweet pink, the sweet love pink is that they actually write that around the <laughs> the the band that goes around the cap it doesn't say sailor pro gear it says 2018 nice. sweet love pink and it has little hearts on it That's i like awesome. that i like that a lot so i'm very very happy with this pen even though it this this situation has been fraught with drama um it was worth it because this is what i wanted this was like i wouldn't say it was like a grail pen or whatever but it has been top of my list for months and Mm -hmm. it was just serendipity that they ended up selling another one so i could get one and now i have one and i'm really 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 excited about it awesome yeah it's an amazing pen and i lied i didn't ink mine up last week but i need to go ink that up um before i head to little rock tomorrow which we'll talk about in a minute yep but i'm so glad you have this pen honestly I, i know it was a complete mess and the thing that 
other listeners don't understand and what frustrates me like hearing you talk about customs fees is not only are they sticking it to you they're doubling down the challenge of actually getting it Mm -hmm. right so it'd be i wouldn't say it would be fine if it was just okay here's your 50 pounds and we're done it's that now there's even more onus on you to like figure out other things about this challenge what to frustrates me the and most that's what makes me mad is that when you're tracking a parcel it says like customs charges raised right and you have to wait mm-hmm. for a letter to arrive like just let me pay it online right. immediately like i yeah. i don't know why i have to wait for this letter to arrive like all of these things are just so frustrating um there was actually so my next my next little thing that i wanted to talk about actually also has some customs fun to it um, of this course. is from uh, a listener by the name of Alan who contacted me out of the blue and he said, I've been trying, you know, I've been tooling around, playing around with some woodworking stuff and I want to make you some personalized pe- blocks for your pens to, to go in um, and like make large holes and stuff so you can fit your Canalea pens and all that sort of stuff in. And I was like, okay, great. Like if that's something you want to do, like I would love that. Um, and then Alan sent it to me. And this was like a whole big situation. Like so, for a while, I've been <laughs> wanting to get a PO box so people can send right. me stuff. So I sorted out this PO box, set it all up, sent the information to Alan, and then found out that Parcel Force, which is one of the UK package carriers, which is part of the Royal Mail Group, will not deliver to post PO boxes, <laughs> even though it's a Royal Mail PO box that I set up. Mm. Because it's not a real PO box with the Royal Mail, um, they just deliver it to you. It's like a it's like a sure. fake address, basically. But even though it's not an actual real box, Parcel Force won't deliver it. So I now have a useless PO box for six months because there's no point in me giving this out. Because every single time that someone tries to send me something, it's like a toss up as to whether the Royal Mail or Parcel Force will deliver it. And if Parcel Force are delivering it it will go through this system, which has taken me and Alan three weeks. This this thing has been in the UK for three weeks. And the poor and guy... Is Alan in the US? Is Alan's it coming the from the US? The poor guy okay. paid customs charges on my behalf, <laughs> which was very kind of him. And I ended up having to get it like sent to a post office. I had to call them. It was like a real... It was a real mess. But it was worth it because I now... I've now replaced all of my pen stands on my desk with these two fantastic pen de- pen stands. One is Relay FM, one says Mike was right. And I now have more space than ever. And all of my kind of big-bodied pens have space in these. So I'm really, really excited about this. And I wanted to thank Alan for sending these to me. And Brad, you can see I, I put a picture of my current situation going on there. I have a redacted pen. You notice that? Uh, you know That's you, my favorite thing. Yeah, you know like, what that is. I, People started replying to it and like, what's going on with the picture? And then (laughs) Mike's like, well, I had to redact the pen and I know exactly what pen it is. Honestly, I couldn't Uh, be bothered to take the picture again. So I kind of just thought, (laughs) this is fun. I'll do this instead. It was fun. I'm glad you did that. (laughs) But that that pen all become clear about that very soon, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, Very soon. So we'll be able to talk about that. That's something that me and you are excited to talk about. But... Yeah, so yes, this is yeah, my yeah. current situation. Look at all those beautiful sailors right at the front. Yeah, there. we're gonna talk about this. Um, I wanna I wanna circle back to this picture okay. before we like really dig into it. There's a question later because we're gonna do a, a mostly Ask TPA show this week, yep. and one of it's kind of about what we're current using. So I want to refer to this picture, but I want to say two things. Number one, 
looking at Alan's picture versus your picture, it looks like the pen holder is like the size of a die, the way it's uh, it's kind of yep. uh, staged in the photo. <laughs> it looks tiny, then you doesn't flip it? Over, then you flip over to your picture, and it's like the size of a, of a head. Yeah, it's <laughs> a beast. Or a grapefruit or something. It is it's a huge. Beast, it's but really I big. I love it, right? I, I, yeah. there's a, I don't know why, but like I love that it's so huge. Um, it's yeah, really I was great. like, well, it's like, wow, those pen slots are tiny, except the perspective's off on the picture. Yeah. Like, it fits the, the big retro 51s with with room to spare. It's kind well, of funny. You c- I can fit my Canalea pens in those holes. Yeah. Right. So, like, these, yeah. is, these are serious. Like, these are, these are pretty yeah. serious. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited about these. And, and I, I thought it was worth thanking Alan on the show just because of the, yes. the mess Absolutely. that he had to go through just to do something nice for me. So, I, re- <laughs> I really appreciate that. <laughs> But um, so this is this uh, is me saying I'm very sorry, but like I hoped I was going to get a PO box set up. I don't know mm-hmm. what I'm going to do about that. I, I'm probably never going to have one now because yeah. the parcel force situation. I don't. Nobody wants to have to deal with that every time. And it's a real shame because I've wanted to have one so people could send me letters and stuff like that. Even right. But uh, setting up a PO box and every time having to say please don't send me parcels or only send me parcels via DHL. It's like it's too much. So it is. I'm looking into other options, like for um, co- like third party companies that do it, like where right. there's actually a place to deliver. Um, and it's like so it's not a PO box address, but like it's like a secondary you know what i mean right where it's like it's got yes. an actual address and then that company just holds on to stuff for me so i'm still looking into right. that now but i have a useless po box for the next five months yeah so that brings up my second point and we've talked about this before is we need another podcast uh, called i hate the mail yeah because yeah we talk about we've talked about my shipping troubles with knock and pen addict We've talked about your customs issues, and we could even include email because you're going through a challenge right now, and I'm perpetually challenged by email. So, yeah, we need to make that that podcast happen one of these days. But uh, we we have talked about it before. It would just be like a total bitch session yep. about uh, mailing services, analog or digital. So, um, yeah, we'll work on that. Um, I worked on leaving you last week mike mm. uh it didn't work out because i am Good. here today but um i i was seriously considering uh making the jump over to the erasable podcast i was on erasable number 91 um did you get a chance to listen to that probably not you don't like pencils uh i haven't listened to it yet no i didn't actually yeah. know the episode Nor- was out i knew the episode was coming yeah. out but i haven't yeah. i haven't checked it out yet so you were actually kind enough to record an intro mm-hmm. for the show. Andy Andy Welfley was not on the episode last week, so they asked me to fill in with Johnny and Tim. And Andy, while we were all chatting about this, Andy had a funny uh, little comment. He's like, we should get Mike to record the intro. And we all just thought it was great. So we sent over a little bit uh, to you to record for that show, and I thought it came out wonderfully. This is, but it this was a, is fun a perfect show. example of my blind trust in you. Yeah. Because yeah. you just said, can you just record this? I'm like, all right. <laughs> I sent you a, I sent you, uh, I sent you a, like two sentences of text. Uh-huh. I said, record this, send me the file, <laughs> right? Uh-huh. And I had it within 30 seconds. You're like, okay, bloop. <laughs> but it was fun. Um, I enjoyed talking to them. Uh, I giggled a lot during the show, which I like to do. And I re-listened to it yesterday in my travels, and I, I giggled some more. So, whenever I giggle during a podcast, you know, it's a it's a fun podcast. So, thank you guys for having me and uh we'll have to uh we'll have to complete that trade and we've had andy on the show so we'll have to see about getting johnny and uh tim on the show uh, 
in in the future. So it was fun. Go listen to it. Links in the show notes. And I wanted to discuss really quickly related to that podcast episode. I talked about the Uni Mitsubishi 9000 pencil in 3H lead grade, which is very, very hard. It's on the the very firm and light side of the scale. I did a review of that pencil um, for the Pen Addict on Monday. And if you haven't read that review, I'm not big of a that big of a in case you missed it guy. Like I don't like retweet myself on Twitter or you know constantly post my article, you know, like all through the week and things like that in case you missed it. But this was a good one because I thought I just had fun writing it because it's such a weird pencil, but it goes to like the core of what I believe in when I'm finding stuff for myself. You had a bit more of a story to tell than just the pen talking about the pencil, which I liked. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I had fun writing this review and you should all go read it because it gives you a little bit of insight about how my brain works, which is honestly kind of a mess. And it came out, spilled over to the page this time, but now you read that and you'll understand a little bit more why I am who I am and, and why this stuff is important to me. So, um, that was a fun review to, to write. And that's one of those things where I had no intention of reviewing that pencil. Then I started writing the review and then that's what came out of my head, right? There was no, there was no pre-planning to it. I just started typing and that's what happened. And that's how that, that, that appears from time to time. It's not just a straight review of, you know, tech specs and performance and things like that. This was more of a, a touchy feely review. And I, I don't know, I'm proud of it, even though it was just like this little simple, funny thing. Um, I enjoyed it and I, I like looking back on that one. So that's going to be one I'll bookmark for, for future reference for my own, for my own sake. So yeah, I enjoyed it. Awesome. All right. So a couple more things before we get into all these questions, we got a lot of questions too. Yep. I am heading to little rock for the Arkansas pin show tomorrow. It is from Friday through Sunday in little rock, Arkansas. I will be there. Anna will be there. Matt Armstrong will be there. Lisa Van Ness will be there. Michael Soul will be there. Jimmy Dollar will be there. Lots of people are going to be there. I'm leaving a bunch of people out. Sean Newton. It's a cool show because it's so small and quaint. You get to kind of hang out and do lots of things. Um, I just go to hang out and help Lisa, you know, with with Van S. Pens. They have an open house on Friday night. I help out with that event and I do a little party after uh, Saturday night in the in the bar, you know, which I like to do. But if you want to. Uh, if you want to follow me on Anchor, which is this really neat little podcasting service where you can just upload quick files and they turn them into basically an episode, I'm going to try to road trip. I'm driving on this trip. So in Baltimore, you know, I end up getting busy and not recording as many Anchor episodes as I wanted to. I'm going to record from the car whenever something pops into <laughs> my head, which is super dangerous. Um, so check it out tomorrow. I'll have links in the show notes. You'll start. I'm trying to leave at like 5 a.m. tomorrow morning. So hopefully you will see <laughs> a quick episode of how bad of an idea that is tomorrow morning. But that's kind of my thought. I'm going to drive. Uh, it's about an eight to nine hour drive. So I don't know. I might be two episodes. It might be once every hour as I'm you know, anxious about uh, going on this trip. So I'll do that. Then I'll have some more from the show itself and then uh, probably on the way back too. So Check me out on Anchor. Follow me over there and uh, enjoy the fun. 
Yeah, Anchor is really great. They are a really FM sponsor, which I do want to mention. I'm just yes, just I'll sorry, mention yeah. that. No, it's no. Don't apologize. I like that you're using it, but I just I do just yeah, want to mention it, that. Well, I didn't realize that. I knew you had a. What would you call? We have an agree- we have an arrangement. An arrangement. With, um, we we yeah. we were a launch partner of their new platform. Yes, we have a we have a show called Subnet, which is a daily tech show, which you can get mm-hmm. at relay.fm slash subnet. But it's also available on smart speakers as well, which is the first show yes. that we've done because it's a one of these like headline shows, right? So we're doing that. But yeah, w- they have been a sponsor on some shows, and we have worked with them uh, on this project too. So I cool. just wanted to mention that. Yes, thank you for doing that. And speaking of sponsors. Let me talk about Curvecase. So you've heard me talk about Curvecase a couple of weeks ago. Uh, they're the company that make incredible, beautiful uh, items from reclaimed Pennsylvania hardwood. Uh, they are the people behind the Studio Case, which is the magnetic modular portable studio for creatives on the go. It is a fully customizable modular design that you can stack when traveling using high-powered magnets. Everything is securely attached but easy to separate. They have a bunch of different individual trays, which I've spoken about before. The pen tray, which holds up to six pencils, pens, and any Apple pencil. The marker tray, which holds up to five Sharpies or thick pens plus eraser-sized compartment as well. And I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, and they've gone and done it. They have a new fountain pen tray. It holds up to four fountain pens or thick markers. And I worked with them on this. I have one. They sent it to me to check and to look at, and, and it's really great. So I wanted to say, like, what this does is it gives you, like, four different slots inside of one of these trays to put some fountain pens in. And I've been playing around and trying it out, and it holds the majority of my fountain pens. So, like, all of my sailors and stuff go in there. You know, it can get, as as I would have expected, some of the huge, thick acrylic stuff. It's a bit hit and miss as to what will fit and what won't fit. But that was what I expected, because if you were making a tray for these, basically you could put two, which doesn't really feel like a like a great option, <laughs> right? But this is a great way to carry some stuff around. What I really like about this system is like now they've sent me a bunch of these, right? I have like five of these things. So I have this like huge box where I can put a bunch of stuff in. So like if you're going somewhere for the day, this is just like a great way to be able to take a portable studio with you. And you can put it's all customizable you can go on their website and you can choose what configuration you want so you can add all of the things in separately they have a bunch of customization options as well um they have a utility tray as one of them which is completely hollow so you can kind of just throw whatever you want in there this is fantastic it makes my office smell like beautiful wood now uh i'm i really really love this product i think it is awesome and i'm gonna be using it like this is just a great way to like throw a bunch of stuff and like transport it in a system that what makes this better than just like a regular pencil case is that when you get to the place you just separate all the trays and lay them out and everything stays in the trays and then when you're done you just stack the trays up and go um, I think this is really awesome. You should go check them out. They don't just make these these cases. They make a bunch of other things like phone cases and stuff like that. So go and check out their stuff. Uh, it's curvecase.com slash studio. That is K-E-R-F case, C-A-S-E dot com slash studio. So that's K-E-R-F-C-A-S-E dot com slash studio. And you will get 15% off when you use the code ADDICT. A-D-D-I-C-T. The studio case starts at $99, but you get that extra 15% off with the code addict this is a really awesome company they've been fantastic to work with i can't believe that like just on my feedback they went ahead and made another part of their product (laughs) like they really care 
just go and take a look, right? Like even if you don't think this is for you, just go and take a look. Look at their products. You might be surprised uh, how much you would love one of these things. So go check it out right now, curvecase.com slash studio. Thanks to Curvecase for their support of this show and Relay FM. Like I said last time they were here, I was going to purchase one, but I waited until the fountain pen one came, and now it, it, it turned turned it around quickly. It reminds me of like a little uh, Japanese bento box setup, like a, yeah. the lunch boxes that are yeah. stackable and modular, and I don't know. It's just really, really cool. I like this idea a lot. Me too. It's really nice. Um, just before we get into the RSTPA, two super quick funny things. Uh, one <laughs> came from you, and one came from uh, a bunch of listeners sent this to me. The first is... Uh, Lamy Korea posted a Lamy Minions set, a picture of a Lamy Minion set, which they would probably sell a billion of if they put them into mass production. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I mean, the pen itself is not because it looks like the standard yellow they've always made, but you get the ex- additional clip accessories. You get the fancy box. It's like a gift set of Lamy uh, Safari goodness. And I, I don't, I'm a huge Minion fan. Um, I, I just thought this was super neat when I saw it. And gosh, I Lamy always frustrates me. Like I guess it's a lot of companies. I shouldn't pin this on Lamy. When you see some things cool like this and like you can't go get it very easily, like if you really want it. Like I'm not interested in it enough to like hunt one down to purchase, but I think it's really cool. And I would like that really cool stuff to be available more easily. But you know, I guess that's that's an argument that I, I'll never win and and maybe I shouldn't. But uh it's just it's just neat to see Lamy doing this and it'd be nice if they spread their wings a little bit more. Uh the other is a supreme branded Caveco AL Sport fountain pen in red. Uh, so sorry, are, are you a supreme pen, fan? Ballpoint pen. I have a lot of respect for the brand. Mm-hmm. Um I don't own any Supreme clothing and don't, mm-hmm. I don't, it doesn't, a lot of it doesn't really speak to me, but I have a right. lot of respect for a company that's branding is so strong. They can put it on yep. literally anything and make it fashionable. Mm-hmm. So I agree with that statement 100%. I love watching what they do. I yep. will never own any of their clothing, but I watch them from a design perspective and marketing perspective because they are one of the best. Um, I didn't notice this until our good friend Bump posted it on Twitter said, Hey, I bought one and these pens are already sold out. But it's it's really it's neat, you know. It's it's your standard uh Caveco with a nice red color and the the Supreme logo on the yep. side. I mean it's like perfect and it's sold out. Um, you know. Kaveco won't work with someone as lowly as me, but uh, Supreme, man, they can, they're a big deal and they can just push on through and get those uh, custom Kavecos made. But as is usual work, for me, work on that. I'm fascinated to try and understand how this partnership came together. Like, right. how did Supreme find Kaveco? <laughs> like, how, how did that happen? Uh, I, think it's, right. I think it's really cool. And what I also like about this, right, because of the, how strong the brand is. This is sold out to people that don't care about right. the product. They just want to own it. Right? About like the Kaveco side of the equation. Exactly. Like, I don't even know if Kaveco's branding is on this thing, right? Like, it might be on the other side. It might not. It doesn't yeah. matter. Like, none of it matters. This is supreme. But they've got their co brand on the title of the thing. So maybe it's, I reckon it, like, it says Kaveco on the other side, but they just don't put that in their stuff. But, like, you know, and also, <laughs> I as imagine well, it's the standard 10 box. 
Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure it will be. They love that for everything. I'm really surprised it was sixty pounds. It's sixty pounds here. I don't know what it was in 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 dollars, but that's uh, a- sixty nine. I mean, it's not a huge markup, really. I would have expected a much Almost bigger none. markup. Um, mm-hmm. Because you could charge $100 for that thing or whatever because it's a Supreme Pen. But yeah, I just thought that was really funny. I love seeing these crossovers, right? Like, I remain persistently fascinated and interested to try and understand how Retro 51 and Apple work together. Still, no one right. will give me that story. Like, I don't know <laughs> who I have to like to buy a drink for in a bar somewhere to get them to give me that story. But the story's still out there. Yep, we'll work on that. We have been holding on to an absolute mountain of Ask TPA, um, and we're going to start with some Twitter questions. The first one comes from Hobby Beth on Twitter. Um, Any recommendations for a purse pen? I'm looking for durability and consistent performance, preferably a gel gel ink with a pretty color section. Any thoughts? So this is a tough question out the gate because what... I think of immediately when I think of a purse pen is something in the smaller pocketable size, like the Kaweco AL Sport, something in that size range, something that's durable, can take a beating, just be thrown in a purse and and go and not have to worry about ink, you know, getting around and, you know, not worrying about a retractable tip to accidentally eject and get ink all over the insides of your purse but she didn't really specifically discuss size. She just talked about the durability and performance. So if you want to go with durability and performance and solve the gel ink refill with color choices question, you go straight to the Uniball Signo DX. It's a durable plastic barrel. It comes in a huge range of tip sizes. It comes in every color imaginable, and they're the best colors. It's a capped barrel, so it's not going to be clicking open in your purse. But, you know, it's a standard length pen. It's not what I would consider a pocket pen or a purse pen per se, but it kind of meets the criteria that Hobby Beth laid out. Because the issue you run into is when you actually do move into the pocketable size pen, you run out of your gel ink color choices so that's the differentiator that's the challenge you're gonna have to answer for yourself do i want these great cool gel ink colors and a very good barrel and a full-size pen well then i think the dx is a no-brainer if you want a more of a mini pen you want to shop for something that is a style you like that fits a d1 refill and there's more and more pins that fall into that category for D1 because you can get some gel ink refills for that. The color range is small, but it's better than just black, blue, and red. You can get, you know, greens and oranges and blue, blacks and purples and things like that in a D1 refill. So, you know, for those, I obviously prefer the shown design pin. You can get the D1 adapter for. There's other small D1 refills. That's the other thing, cost. You know, the DX will cost you $3. The shown will cost you 70 So, it just depends on what problem you're trying to solve. Mm-hmm. And if you are okay with a standard size pen, that's really going to take a beating and you can get awesome performance and awesome colors. in. I think the DX is far and away 
the answer, but that may not be what the question was. So if you want to reach out for more Hobby Beth and uh, nail it down a little bit more specifically, let me know. Hit me up on Twitter. Next up, uh, we have a question from at 24 hours, 100 miles, I'm assuming, uh, which is a, that's, that seems like quite a goal to do um, on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Sailor Progress Slim versus Pilot Custom Heritage 91. How did I size up with the size, weight, nib, performance, etc.? This is a very fair question, but the answer is completely unfair. It's Sailor. Um, I say it's close just because of the size, shape, and weight of the pen, but really Sailor's the choice here because of the variety they offer in barrel colors and even nib choices in that size and price range. I also think the Pro Gear Slim is slightly heavier, um, but that's just me not going to check the, check the weight measurements on a, a site that if you go and pull them up right now, I'll probably be proven wrong. But it feels like a more dense acrylic than the Custom Heritage 91. I'll, those, those always feel really, really light. The Sailors feel light too, but they feel a little bit more durable. But the problem with the Pilot Custom Heritage is you're very limited in color choices. So right. if you like a basic black, black and gold or black and rhodium trim pen... The Heritage 91 is awesome. The nib's great. The Sailor Pro Gear Slim has infinite more choices. So it's the the specifics, size, weight, nib performance, they're virtually identical. I mean, you're not going to go wrong with either one. So aesthetically is where Sailor wins out for me. And I'd say for you too, right? Oh, 100%. Like, one of the reasons that I never got and have yet to get a custom Heritage 91 is that the design just doesn't excite me. It feels yeah. a little bit boring, right? Like, mm-hmm. they tend to just be dark colors, gold trim, right? Like, is the, right. Is, the, is the usual. And there doesn't really seem to be much movement on that. But obviously, as right. everybody knows, if you've been listening to the show over the last couple of weeks, uh, a couple of months even... I'm going wild for Sailor because the pens are absolutely out of this world and the designs, you can get some really cool looking pens and not even Mm -hmm. just special editions, right? Like just the general lineup has some just really fantastic looking colors um, and materials and stuff like that. So that's why like I would, I would go that route and it's why I have gone that route. Like I have not yet really spent any time with a pilot custom heritage 91 so i don't have a lot to Mm -hmm. say on performance but just from like the type of pen i want to own it's not that right like it's we were talking about this a while ago about like how many pens there are that are black with gold trim i think it was after the um the dc pen show and for me it was just kind of like all of these pens look exactly the same like i just can't feel myself getting excited about them because Part of my hobby, part of my love for writing materials is design. And my design tastes tend to be things that are different and stand out a little bit. So one pen to consider, if this is the comparison, the Pilot Custom Heritage 92 is actually a differentiator because it's a piston filler. The few colors that it comes in are not often readily available in the U.S. market. Actually, I don't know where 24 hours, 100 miles is from. But you can get the clear 92 with the piston filler for the same price as the ProGear Slim. The other colors are harder to get. And it's 155 pounds, and this is way more interesting to me. It is a completely clear demonstrator, which is good looking, and it's a piston filler. 
this I would consider yeah. buying, right? Like that, right. that you've nailed it on that one for me. Like that is different enough. It's cool enough. It's got two really wicked cool things to it, right? Like they, it's a demonstrator right. and, a, and a, a piston filler, which means the ink is always going to be slushing around inside of there. And it's, it actually looks really good and it doesn't have gold trim. <laughs> it doesn't have gold right. furniture. <laughs> exactly. So great. Exactly. I like that. That looks like a lot of fun. Um, this next right, question next. comes from Nick. Oh, yeah. I'm doing these for you today, by the way. I'm reading them. All because right. you... Thank you. I'm glad we hashed this out before the show. No, it's fine. I decided to just go for it. And it's mostly because <laughs> a lot of these questions, only you have answers for them. So it just it saves you from losing your voice. Uh, so this Thank comes you. from Nick. Nick asks, I just received my Nemisu Ixion in titanium, which is a first for me. And after I opened and closed the cap twice, neither my partner or my dogs could stand it. Is there a way <laughs> to prevent the intolerable screaming the pen makes every time I use it? Yeah, so this is the metal pen barrel dilemma. It's right? titanium mostly, right? Like titanium is like... Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's extra squeaky. Um, the only answer that I've ever received on this, and I think it's a terrible answer because I personally, it would drive me insane if I did this, is to grease the threads. Mm-hmm. People want to say put silicone grease um, on the threads, you know, just a microscopic amount will do wonders, but it would bother me having that on there. Because you get manufacturers, I mean, you get it on your hands every time. I would hate yeah, that. You feel I would it. hate that. Some manufacturers will will oil the threads especially like the internal threads like if you're removing the section from the barrel you'll notice it and you'll get like a faint faint smell Mm-mm. but the only thing that i've ever tried to do to fix this without putting something additional on the pen is to like go in the closet and stick my hands in like my heaviest jacket and twist the pen like a maniac for about five minutes and hopefully i can break through <laughs> break through the sound barrier and and make the sound go away like i wear it in purposefully but like without hearing it <laughs> i swear to god i've done this i need to ask you real quick what does the jacket do uh, it muffles the sound ah uh, okay okay i was like yeah is this some kind Sorry. of like special <laughs> trick that i don't understand no 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 no, no, no. no i just like reach my hands in somewhere where yep. it's not so loud all the time so it's a sound barrier um and you can you can cut like the newness out of it you it'll probably never all the way go away but you can cut the cut the newness out of it and it does get better over time but i just kind of force it that way sometimes so because i guess a lot of the time that sound is the slow wearing right like that's what it's doing like right it's slowly wearing so if you can yeah. right it makes sense right like if you can force it to occur like if you give it what would be six months worth of opening and closing in the space of two minutes it might it might wear it down a bit Mm-hmm. The chat room, Doug Beal also says graphite would work, which I've seen that before on threads as well. Why? So that maybe well, I don't else. understand. How it's, does that it's, help? it's essentially it's essentially a lubricant okay. that's softer. It's softer than the metals itself, and will take will absorb that sound. Right, so and then doesn't uh, get your hands all greasy every time you use it either. Right. Well, yeah, but some of the some of the graphite like that are used on on threads is not like raw powdery graphite. It's it's more liquefied. Oh, okay. So, but uh, I don't know. Maybe if you could just write with a pencil around your threads, maybe that would work. I could get behind that. I'll have to try that one day. All right. What's next? All right. So our next question um, in our Mammoth Ask TPA uh, comes from Jeff. Jeff asks, what is the best case to put a high-tech C refill into? 
The plastic cases keep breaking long before I finish it off. Can you believe that the market for high tech C barrels has fallen off the cliff? Because everybody I mean, I I can. just discovered mm-hmm. better refills than high tech C. Well, because it's particular, right? It's not necessarily that they discovered better refills. It's that they can fit more things if you go with a Pilot G2 base. So everything's with a Pilot G2 base yeah. now. So it's actually harder nowadays to find a great high-tech C-barrel. And I'm the wrong person to ask about this because I use the most expensive high-tech C-barrel on the market in the pen type B, which is maybe my all-time favorite pen. It's also going to set you back like $200 for a $3 refill. But... (laughs) You know, that's a terrible, that's a terrible suggestion <laughs> of mine, but there's not a lot of great options other than the big eye design TI Arto. That one fits the high tech C. Well, it's a good pen and it's more in the 60, 70, $80 range. Um, Kara's customs made the best one, the best normal one in their render K, but they moved, moved it to a pilot G2 fitting. So it no longer fits the high tech C out of right out of stock. So their original one was based around the high tech C. Then they, they, they changed the front end to fit the, the pilot G2 sizes because, you know, I mean, that's the smart business move. It fits more things. You can sell more pens if you can fit more things. So, um, you had a suggestion on this that I didn't even consider, but I think is a really good suggestion, and that's the, the high-tech C Kalito, right? Yeah, I mean, so this is... I mean, part of the problem that uh, Jeff is having is that he's breaking the plastic barrel. So that might still continue, uh, but mm-hmm. I think that this is the coolest way to use a high-tech C to get a Kalito, mm-hmm. which you can get those in a bunch of different fun designs, and then you can have four, right? It's the, it's the multi-pen. Right. So you can have two or four or five in some instances. Um, the, the high-tech C Kalito is the only way that I have enjoyed using a high-tech C because mm-hmm. it's fun, and you can have a bunch of really awesome colors. JetPens has like a billion options um, for the yeah. high-tech C Kalito. And Pilot used to make a pen called the Cavalier. They mm-hmm. still make it in the fountain pen size. It was made specifically for the high-tech C refill. I've had people try to buy mine off of me because they don't really make them anymore. If you can find one on eBay or something, it's a skinny barrel, but it's an all-metal barrel. They ran about 25 30 bucks when they're new. I don't know how much they go for now. They're really, really nice, um, but they're not made anymore, I don't think, unless they've redone them or something like that. But the Cavalier barrel would be a, a good one to find out. All right, so next up, we have a question from Johnny. Um, I can't find a top five pocket pens list. What is the best besides the space pen? Yeah, so I have... I I figured we talked about this before because I love pocket pens. And I actually... It took me about a minute to find the episode where we talked about my list of pocket pens in episode 267 of this show. We, we did just that, and I had a related Instagram picture mm-hmm. where I put my f- most frequently used pocket pens, and it was the Paca pen, the Fisher Space pen, the Kaviko Lilliput Ballpoint and Fountain pen, the Shone Design pen, and the Timber Twist pen. And that's a really good list. I'd say that's pretty consistent. I have three Shone pens. I use all of those the most. Like I just grab one of those and go. That's far and away my most used. My second would be the Lilliput fountain pen out of that list. And then my third would be the standard Fisher Space pen. Those get used more than everything in this list. So if you want a top five, I think this uh, 
this this image kind of sums it up pretty nicely. But right now, the shown pin is my runaway winner, and then after that it would be something from Coveco, either the Lilliput fountain pen or the one of the AL fountain pens, probably uh, maybe the steel, maybe the the I don't know what they call it, the sports steel. So those are really really good. Yeah, I I don't really use any pocket pens, so I I can't mm. help too much on that. You're missing one. out. Mm. You're missing out. I'm okay. Um, <laughs> someday Raya asked, uh, "There may this may have been asked before, but do you have any shopping suggestions for a pen addict going to London?" Me personally, no, I I, I don't buy anything in stores <laughs> here, but we have a ton of uh, fantastic articles and references. So, all things stationery, the stationery shops map. You should check that always because it's not just. London, uh, Tessa has done a great job of putting together um, a map for kind of all over the globe. There are lots and lots of different options, um, and you've got that for you, right, if you if you want to get that. Uh, what else do we have, Brad? So both uh, Jenny Mason, yep. who runs the Finer, Finer Point, Point blog, and, and, Priya, and Priya, who runs London the Parchment. London Parchment, mm-hmm. they're both uh, Londoners, or at least uh, Englanders, and... They constantly, they actually went on a shop visit together that Jenny just posted uh, a few weeks ago. So there's a post there, but then there's other posts sprinkled throughout both of their blogs about different visits they've made to shops in uh, in London and the surrounding areas. I definitely want to hit some of these shops up when I go to London this summer, and maybe I should pick a hotel like around the present and correct shop just so I don't have to carry everything that I buy. I think maybe me and from you should, and should try and find time to go there together. Okay. Yeah, we could do. That'd be, that'd be a nice vlog. That <laughs> would be, be a nice romantic moment for us to share, really. Yeah, yeah. That that will be our honeymoon. We're yeah. getting married this summer, if <laughs> yeah, y'all didn't know. This is what we have. It's, this is, it is a wedding, and it's our wedding. <laughs> <laughs> what happens you do Our 300 episodes wedding. with somebody and you have to marry them right the podcast is right rule. yep yep unwritten rules y'all didn't know so think twice before starting a podcast boys and girls uh then the sword asks if you were given the full lineup of any one ink brand but you could only use those inks not inks from any other brand for the next year which brand would you choose i'm going sailor and i'm hesitant because they're starting to make me mad with their price changes and reworking of their ink lineups quality and color wise they're my favorite but i'm starting to give them the side eye a little bit and it's like they make me not want to recommend them as much for what they're doing so i i'm a little torn on that like i don't know how to handle this i haven't figured this out yet but i they're making me uneasy with what they're doing Mm. Uh, in the market and you know if that's a that's their business decision that's fine but i can choose to shop somewhere else mm-hmm. and it might be in the robert oster aisle you know their colors they have some really bright colors that's what i like sailors for is their bright oranges and blues and robert oster makes some really amazing inks that i i use a lot so we'll see how this plays out in the long term and uh if sailor is is ends up off the list but right now it's still sailor just because i own so much of it already and uh i it's what i ink up the most like far and away i love their 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 colors and their performance what about you i think if i'm gonna go on this right like i maybe want to think practical 
Um, and if I was going to, like, if I'm just going to be using one ink line for an entire year, I'm going to need ink that can suffice everything I need ink for, right? Like every issue that I can throw at it. So in that, mm. in that mindset, I would go for the Pilot Hiroshizuku line because of the same reasons that I chose the Hiroshizuku line as one of my big ink purchases many, many years ago, because the ink's quick drying, they have good colors, they don't ruin anything. Like, it's good. Like, it's just good, mm. solid, all-around inks. And I still use uh, Kompeki and Fuyugaki to, to this day. Like, I love those inks. They're fantastic. Um, so that's probably the line I would go for. I would say that, like, Robert Oster, like, I have a few of their inks now, and I love the colors and the performance of those. Um, but I haven't used them for as long, and they don't have mm -hmm. some of the quick-drying, like, uses, right? Like, I still kind of get a little... I can still smudge those pretty easily um, in a way mm -hmm. that I don't with, with Urushizuku. So that's probably where I would go on that. Yeah, if I was answering the question for you, I would have bet you would say Orochizuku. Yeah. And contrary to Sailor, they actually lowered their prices last year. Huh. So I don't know what I don't know what's going on in the Japanese ink market, but All it's change. interesting for sure. All change. Mm -hmm. Today's episode is brought to you in part by our friends over at Pen Chalet. They sell all of the stuff that you're looking for. Like whenever you're listening to the show and you're like, ooh, one of those sounds interesting, head on over to Pen Chalet immediately, P-E-N-C-H-A-L-E-T.com and see if they have it because let me tell you a few reasons why. They do free shipping on orders of over $50 in the US. They sell internationally with very reasonable shipping rates, and they have a 100% satisfaction guarantee on their purchases. They're an authorized dealer of so many of her favorite brands, and they believe in giving the fastest and most reliable customer service that they can. Panchele are always working on discounts for you, right? They have always discounted stuff. They have closeout specials. They do disc special discounts twice a month. There's always cool deals going on at Pen Chalet. And of course, because you listen to this show, you can get 10% off any purchase at Pen Chalet when you go to penchalet.com, click the podcast link at the top of the website and enter the password penaddict. This is where you'll get your code at any point to get 10% off literally anything in the store, which is fantastic. And of course, we have some special offers Brad, there's a selection of, of things this week. <laughs> there's some pens and there's some like um, display cases and stuff like that. I'm interested in what has caught your eye. One of the things that we've gotten Ron in trouble for and blown him out of inventory for is back this time. I think it actually might be a smaller version. The Monteverde 36 pen zip carrying case. At this price is a no-brainer. I think they make a 48, and maybe that was the one he sold before. But even at pen shows, people are always looking for cases like this mm -hmm. to hold a a high quantity of pens that's easy for portability. You have something similar. I know you can. I have one of these. In. Yeah, this is we're in the no-brainer price range on this. It's like practically free for what it is so that's really good and he also has the platinum 3776 on sale and it comes with a case which i'll have to look at it's you order a pen and you get a tan pouch or a black pouch with the pen you order and it's still like way cheaper than what the pens normally sell for and you know how much i like the 3776 which is really really good so yeah these are Excellent offers, as always, from Ron. And I had someone recently um, link the the display cases that Ron's selling 
uh, that they had bought some and used some. I, f- I forget who that was, but they look really cool. And for the price, man, that's a that's a lot of storage in a yeah. Really, this is really a nice like a a thirty pen display case with drawers and stuff like that. Um, so mm-hmm. you can you know you can have an actual nice little thing to put on a countertop or something to put your pens into, which is cool. Um, there's also a great deal on a uh, Platinum thirty seven seventy six. Um, that's mm-hmm. a just a bonkers deal. Like the prices. The price of that thing, I kind of can't believe. Um, so there's a lot of really, really great deals, as always, as you can expect from Pen Chalet. And you know what? You need to go and check out these prices for yourself. That's what I'm going to say. What do you think, Brad? Should we, should we keep Absolutely. it a secret? Oh, we should. We should because um, that that pen we got. We even got to the point of uh, nasty grams the last time we he had one of these pen cases for sale because they flew out the door so quick. So go uh, get prices it. Prices are good. They, these are that's just a good thing to have. Like that, they are just a especially if you're going to pen shows, as you said, right? Like they yep. that makes it makes a lot of sense to go and go and check those out. So go ahead over to penchalet.com, P-E-N-C-H-A-L-E-T dot com, and hit the password penaddict, and you'll get your hands on these special offers. Our thanks to Penchalet for their continued support of this show and Relay FM. So next up, we have a question from Fanon, and Fanon asks, I have some great orange inks for the fall. Any suggestions for a great spring orange? So this is Pat Hannon. It's not Fanon. Well, uh, I'm going just, with I'll Fanon. Only, I'll only know that because I know him. He comes like to the Atlanta Pen Show. You've, it's a, it's a you've met him and his kids. I know. Oh, I like okay. Fanon. Yeah, we'll, I know. I know. We'll Pat. call him. You I know who Pat. this is. That was one of my very favorite moments, whatever year that was. I think it was like two years right. ago. Right. Pretty much every year. Um, but Pat, come on. Do you even have to ask this question to me? Uh, a great spring orange ink, Sailor Apricot. I mean, you may not be able to buy it, but that's what I'm going to use. That might have to um, be on my hunt down list. <laughs> but um, I, I just got a letter with the Robert Oster. It's called the NG Special 16. There's some story behind the name. They did it. I don't, I don't even want to get into it. And I was really impressed with the shading. In that orange, it looks really, really nice. So that may be one to check out. Um, Edelstein Mandarin is really nice. And then if you want an eye searer, the uh, Ackermann, is it number 16? I'm going to think is the uh, is their orange uh, is really, really nice. It's practically fluorescent. But I'm, I'm an apricot guy through and through. Any orange with yellow in it is is my game. And that makes for a perfect spring orange. I've uh, I've had a thing recently where I well you know I have my my uh, my new diary journal situation right and I write mm-hmm. down my pens in it so I write down what pens I'm using each day and also write right. down the ink that I'm using and every single day that I use my uh, I, my primary manipulation Eastman I have my green Ackerman mm-hmm. in it. And I never yeah. remember what the number is. I just write down a number. Like, I know I don't know the number. <laughs> I'm like, I think it's 28. Maybe it's 24 or 26. I have no idea. So I just write down whatever number in the 20s range. Even It might not even be in the 20s range. Um, but So that's always a fun thing for me to do. I'm just like, yeah, okay, I'll work yep. it out later on. It doesn't matter. I know it's a green Ackerman. Yep, exactly. All right, we have from Carlos. Carlos wants to know what our current bag setup is. I haven't changed much, so I try to change in Baltimore, but generally my daily bag is the Notco Lanier. I carry a 13-inch MacBook Pro and a Seed A5 case in it, and that's everything I need for my day-to-day work and travel. 
when I do leave town, my favorite bag is the Bogear Bullpup, which you can no longer purchase, but I can't shake that bag because it's so good. I actually tried the Brown Buffalo, uh, my backpack that I have. I forget the name of it. I didn't pull it up. Um, in Baltimore, and I love the insides of the bag and the exterior of the bag, but I don't like the straps on the bag, which I showed. A lot of us uh, looked at that bag in Baltimore. A lot of people wanted to check that one out. But for larger, broader-shouldered people, it doesn't. The the straps are not great. So I'm for someone that's into bags and likes to change things up as much as I do. I'm really consistent with the Lanier and the Bullpup as my backpack. So um, that's pretty much it. I keep searching for that next new backpack, but I haven't uh, nailed it down yet. I'm in a backpack backpack bag situation right now. <laughs> So I'll just run through my generals. So if I'm kind of out and about, like just popping into town, going to, into a coffee shop or whatever, I'm going to be out for the day, then I'll pick up my Tombin Ristretto. Uh, I'm kind of falling out of love with the Ristretto a little bit, though, because messenger bags just ruin my back. Like, just destroy mm. it. I can have nothing in the bag, but I walk around with a, with a messenger bag on my back and it ruins me. It's like the displacement yeah. of weight, right? It's just on the one side. It it doesn't it doesn't do me it doesn't do very good for me, honestly. So I, I'm I'm rethinking that. Um, I use the Lanier when I'm at conferences and stuff because you kind of just walk into mm. and from a room. But I don't trust myself to get on a train with a backpack uh, with a, just a briefcase because yeah. I will 100% leave the briefcase on the train. Like there's just <laughs> there's no two ways about that. Like it's never unless it's physically attached to my body. I, I have absolutely right. no faith in myself to remember it. Um, my regular backpack right now, kind of my travel bag, is my Tombin Synapse 25, uh, which I bought when I was in Seattle. I like that bag a lot, a lot. Um, it is very useful, is the best way that I would describe it, right? Like, it's got a million uses, a million pockets. It's fantastic. Um, and I use my Manal bag as my gym bag now. So when I go down to the mm -hmm. gym, it's great. It fits everything in it. It's perfect. However, I'm thinking about replacing my Tom Bim with the Peak Design Everyday Backpack. Mm -hmm. Have you seen this thing? Yeah. Actually, when I was traveling back from Baltimore, there were a couple in line uh, when we were boarding the plane. There were a few people ahead of me, so I didn't like jump ahead to to quiz them, but they both had them. They each had their own uh, peak design backpack. Mm. I think it's a little too fidgety for me, like too much going on. I like but it though. I, they, the way they look is amazing. They look great. They're like, in, they got insane organization stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. Magnet. There's a lot of things going on in this bag. Mm -hmm. And I have a couple of friends that have them now and they like swear by them as the perfect bag. So yeah. Yeah. I think, I think I'm going to get one for Atlanta. So if you want to cool. poke around in, in, yeah. in my bag, you can feel free. Yeah, Jeff and I would like to get in your bag in Atlanta. Anytime. You just... Mm -hmm. No, we're going to stop now. Uh, Alex asks, if you had to make a new Nokko colorway using the at color schemes color scheme, which color scheme would you use? And please explain this, Brad. <laughs> so I did a thing, I don't know, two weeks ago on Twitter. I am a very hyperactive Twitter follower and unfollower. Like I'm following and unfollowing accounts like all the time. Because so you don't care about breaking hearts. Like, don't think about it. You know? No. I, I mean, don't worry about that. 
it's Twitter. No one should worry about whether someone follows them on Twitter or not. You know? Okay. Eh, maybe. I don't know. But anyway, I'm I'm in and out of um, follows. It's usually not people. It's usually things. Like, people I just follow and keep following. And, sure. You know, other ones are, like, things or, you know, news or journalism type things I'll follow and unfollow. So, I, I put out a request as I had just gone through and cleaned up a bunch of my... Uh, follows and wanted to add some new things that maybe I haven't seen. And I put it out to my followers and said, Hey, you know, tell me, give me one account I should follow that you follow and you think is awesome. And so <laughs> Alexander, I didn't even realize it was him, but in retrospect, it's, it had to have been him. I mean, I know it was him, but it was the perfect one. There's this account called color schemes, which if you follow me on Twitter, you've seen the problem that this account has posed to me. It's the perfect account for me because it's essentially a robot. You know, it's automated color picking and naming. So this bot tries to match colors, and then it gives them these random names. So I put an example in the show notes. Mike, have you seen me tweeting these various, uh, I've various seeing, things yeah, on the Twitter? I've been watching you tweet them. I've seen it. <laughs> I've, I've, annoyed, I've annoyed you. You've blocked no, me. No, not at all. Not at all. So, so y'all, will start, um, y'all will start unfollowing me soon. Um, but the one I picked for the next color scheme for Knock, it's kind of something we've already done. It's called Helpful Barney which is like this bright purple, cadaverous silver, which, you know, looks like skin on a dead body, and sluggish green-yellow, which I think every hour this color schemer account sends one of these out into the world, and they're amazing. I just, I giggle and just laugh and laugh Do you know where the colors are coming from? Like, how are they being put together? Is it just random? I forget. Like they try to make do something favorable, right? They're not picking random colors. They're doing colors that should work together, uh, from what I've read. But I haven't. I don't know what the pool of colors nor the naming convention comes from. But it's it's fan freaking tastic. Like I just I adore this account, and I'm addicted to it and hooked to it, and I keep retweeting it. And people are probably unfollowing me because I just <laughs> I think it's hilarious. Um. What case would I use for the uh, helpful Barney cadaver silver and sluggish green yellow? Brass Town is the best case to show off colors for us because you get to see the outside and inside open at the same time. The Sinclair, like the insides closed most of the time. The Lookout, the insides closed most of the time. The Seed Case, the insides covered most of the time. The Brass Town, you get to see it all together all the time. So. That would be, that's the case when we want to do wild colors. We want to know what it looks like in a brass town. And if it works there, it's going to work everywhere. So I love this. I love this account, Mike. I'm not going to lie. I have hearts for a robot. <laughs> of course you do. I don't, I don't know how I, do. I feel about some of these accounts because they, they tweet too often for me, but. This one's close. This one's close. That's why I'm trying to like not retweet more than like one a day, but I can't help myself sometimes. (laughs) All right. So we're going to move from tweets to emails. Yes. And so we, from, for our RSTPA, the first email Mm. comes from Tracy and it is about the, the discussion we've been kind of touching over the last couple of weeks of like cleaning out belongings of a uh, deceased loved one. So this is from Tracy. 
I've just caught up with the last two podcasts and noted the conversation about loved ones coming across old journals and having to settle affairs for people who have passed on. I've had to settle affairs for both of my parents and for my brother. Um, heart goes out to you, Tracy, and it sounds like a tough situation. Uh, I didn't find any journals, but I did find some old letters that were interesting. Something I saw the other day, though, that caused me to pause. I sell on eBay and other online platforms. I sell on eBay and other online platforms, and there was a conversation thread on one of my sellers' pages on Facebook about selling people's journals. Evidently, folks who source things from estate sales and so forth snag old journals and sell them on eBay. Um, Tracy, of course, was horrified by this, and they seemed to get a decent price for them. It made me put a note in the envelope with my will to my best friend to destroy all of my journals if I go first, as I certainly would not want them ending up on eBay. So for listeners, remember... Nothing is truly private anymore, and if you don't want your thoughts to end up out there in the world, destroy them. So, this turned out to be an awesome question from an unlikely source, being Toffer, <laughs> that has lived on, and I continually get emails. So, I put three emails in this episode just for us to read and get people's perspective on these things. So, these next two letters are on the same topic and they all relate to individual situations and you know hearing what tracy says i didn't consider that right i mean is it necessarily going to affect something no probably you know the event's unlikely that someone could use that information but it's weird right it's like do you want your stuff out there in Brandon, I'll take this one. You can take the next one. Brandon says, I wanted to give a differing opinion on the save, recycle your notebooks topic. While I can definitely see the arguments for not keeping the notebooks, mine just mean too much to me. On a surface level, I started journaling when I got my first fountain pen and shortly after I started practicing calligraphy. My notebooks are a catalog of the vast improvement of my handwriting and my skills as a calligrapher. On a deeper note, my journals are a window into my past. No matter how hard we try, we can never recall everything, so my journal serves as my reminder of where I've been and how I was feeling. I recently broke up with a long-term girlfriend and was really in a slump. I couldn't motivate myself to move on, and it was all really weighing me down. Spurred by this, I went back through my journals and read my entries about my past relationships. By doing this, I was able to go back to that time, to feel everything I had described, to know it gets better, and that it's all for the best. No matter how I'm feeling, those notebooks and journals transport me back, allowing me to relive my memories in vivid detail. And someday, if these notebooks help friends, relatives, or even my future children, then that makes it worth all the effort. And then he just says, you know, please feel free to to share the feedback. And, you know, he just wanted to lend a different perspective. And this is why this this question is so good, because it's personal, right? Mm-hmm. All this stuff is personal. Like, you get to hear, like, you know, just really, really, you know, detailed ways people are using their journals for their personal uses and do they want them to live on or not? And it's clearly not an easy question with all the feedback we're getting, you know, like uh, this this one from Lori, I'll let you take this one. I just got this one today and I added it to the document this morning because I thought it was perfect. This is what I think about a lot, what Lori says. We're currently cleaning out my parents' home. We've had to place them in a nursing home. 
So I'm unfortunate. So I'm fortunate that they are still with us to help identify heirloom items as opposed to just older items that they have purchased over the years, but have little to no sentimental value. The volume of stuff is so overwhelming. The whole process has made me rethink the contents of my house and what my children will have to deal with upon my passing or placement in a home if we have to go to that route in the future. Lynn's response to Topher's question about what to do with old notebooks in episode 296 really struck home. While after going through my parents' stuff, I agree with just throwing them out. I also have another possible solution, though. i just begun journaling a few years ago. It's actually what got me into fountain pens. However, I wanted to feel free to write whatever I was thinking or feeling at the moment in my journals without worrying about someone prying through them when I'm gone. Look, let's face it, we probably all have memories or thoughts that are private and don't need to be shared, but we still need to get them out of our heads. So, I worked out an arrangement with my daughter. I keep two journals at all times. Some of them are tagged with highlights and some of them are tagged with lowlights. The highlights journals would include happy memories or of mine or times together with family. Those would be fair game to be read by the kids, grandkids, etc. after I'm gone. The lowlight journals are me venting and my self-therapy notebooks, and they are to be destroyed upon my passing. This way, I can journal about events, thoughts, opinions that I want to share or leave with my kids, and they can read them or toss them about thinking twice. I've even told them ahead of time that if they want to just pitch them all when I'm gone, they can. No guilt. After hearing Lynn's response, I may go ahead and pitch the little light journals myself. As of yet, I honestly haven't gone back to reread any of them anyway. Then, if the kids want to read what's left and relive my old memories, they can, or they can just chuck them out without feeling, feeling that I might have just been disappointed if I'd known that they were just throwing them away. I'm trying to minimize my belongings so I don't have as much stuff to deal with when I'm gone, but it still gives me an opportunity to leave them something that they might treasure. That is a great solution. Yeah, that... that. Like I said, that just showed up this morning in my email. I was like, I need to add that with the other ones. So we've gotten a lot of really, really good perspective. This is something that's hitting home for a lot of people, it turns out. Yeah, yeah. What Lori's going through is the place where I was coming from when I was talking about, you know, maybe it's okay to just, you know, get rid of this stuff and not pass the burden down to future generations. Um, but it's it's not that cut and dry. I mean, this is a really, really tough decision to make. And... You know, it's it's very important that these things get passed around, passed down to uh, a lot of people, and uh, some people don't want to live, uh, you know, pass on the burden. So there's no right answer, but it's good to see all of these differing uh, options and, and things to do. So yeah, very very good. I, I appreciate everyone sharing this with us, and and yeah. keep it coming. You can always send these emails, send these letters uh, to us. We'll have the details at the end of the show how to get in contact with us. But this is very helpful, I think. Uh, we have one more email, but uh, let me take our final break before we do that. We have some letters yes. that we want to get to as well. Um, yeah. This episode is also brought to you by our friends at Blue Apron, the number one recipe delivery service and fresh ingredient service in the country. Blue Apron delivers fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and step-by-step recipes right to your door. When you cook with Blue Apron, you're not just having burgers for dinner. You'll be making stuff like shortbread burgers with a hoppy cheddar sauce on a pretzel bun, or seared steaks and thyme pan sauce with mashed potatoes, green beans, and crispy shallots all in under 45 minutes. Because... Blue Apron delivered to you fresh, pre-portioned ingredients with step-by-step recipes right to your front door. With 12 new recipes every week, you can pick two, three, or four based upon what best fits your schedule, and you can count on them for the best ingredients and meat with no added hormones as well. The Blue Apron menu changes every week based on what's in season. You have stuff like Italian-style shrimp and sweet peppers over fragola, salada, pasta, or what even? Parmesan-crusted steaks. 
with mashed potatoes and broccoli. Doesn't that all sound amazing, Brad? Doesn't it sound great? It does. Like good food. It does. Now, I know yeah, that you've been fantastic. using you've been cooking some blue apron meals. I know you're getting uh, you're getting busy in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, I like to get busy in the kitchen. This last time was with hamburgers, mm-hmm. and I would even I would think, okay, this isn't going to work out. Like I can cook a mean hamburger. Like I'm a real good grill master. Right. Like I cook my own burgers. You know, people take pride in their burgers that they cook and it's their burger and it's really good. These blue apron hamburgers knock my socks off and my kids' socks off. And it's so much so that they're like dogging me out for like my regular burgers. They want the blue apron ones because they turned out so good. And, you know, following their directions even allows someone who is not a good chef like myself to impress the rest of the family because the instructions were easy the cooking was easy and the results were fantastic so very happy with my blue apron especially the sliders that they that they just sent me not too long ago sounds pretty good man i'm feeling pretty hungry already Uh, with incredible Mm -hmm. ingredients and chef design recipes blue apron lets you see what the power of food can do Blue Apron is treating our listeners to $30 off your first order and free shipping. Just go to blueapron.com slash penaddict. Check out this week's menu and get $30 off with free shipping at blueapron.com slash penaddict. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. All right, you've got to go get some letters now, right? We have like an actual physical mailbox situation going on today. We do. We do. I left them in the other room, so I want to go grab them. Um, do you want to read this? email from Paula. This is a yep. more standard question, but I actually do have answers for it. But I think if you read slow enough, I could be back before you wrap right. it up. So I'm this is jumping right now. Go. All right. So this email comes from Paula. The pen addict is one of my favorite go-tos while walking to lectures or when I get stuck writing an essay and just need to think about pretty things for a while. So thanks for doing this. We all appreciate it. Thank you, Paula. Um, I have a question that might be interesting for people more widely, and I hope that you haven't covered it a million times already. I have decided to buy my first most expensive high-end fountain pen as a gift. I already own a Twisby, a Diplomat, and a Montblanc. And I'm a little worried to order it online. I'm based in the UK. Do you have any good tips on what to look out for or where to buy online or what not to do? My partner is graduating from Harvard in May. We're doing long distance from Cambridge, UK to Cambridge, US, which is wonderful. Uh, He studies (laughs) anthropology, and I decided to get him the Visconti Homo Sapien Bronze Age as a gift, as that seems like a perfect gift. That's a pretty bullet gift. I have been saving Mm. up for a few months now. It seems to be rather difficult, though, to find a retailer that sells them, and I am just a bit reluctant to order it online as it is a significant amount of money for a college student. I have heard some people have had problems with the nib and want to know where I can try it out first before buying. So I asked Paula if I could include this mail because it was a little personal, but I thought it would be a good you know, ask TPA mail since we're doing this big, big grouping. And she agreed to let me share it. Number one, she nailed the gift, right? I mean, that's, that was the right move. But she also realized the problem with that. It starts with Visconti. Mm -hmm. So their nibs are notoriously, I'll go with finicky. I'll be nice right now. Finicky out the gate. So the question is, can we sort this out? before he receives the pen? The answer is maybe. It's not cut and dry. Not every vendor, okay, I would say most vendors will not take out the nib and modify it. They might check it. They might check for alignment issues or something like that. Um, I'm not sure if the goulets do that or not. They might. 
Most oh, companies so you mean don't. like you buy online, are they going to check it yep. before they ship it is what you're talking about, yeah. right? Okay. That's what she's looking for. She wants some sort of guarantee buying a Visconti that it's going to show up in perfect writing shape. In my opinion, you buy the pen and you send it straight to a Nibmeister and have them go over it with a fine tooth comb. It's extra money up front but it's more certainty, especially for an important gift such as this, that you lock down the quality and awesomeness of the pen. And any nibmeister will be able to take whatever words you say. You know, he likes a, a fine nib that, you know, is not too wet, and they can modify it as you need it. In this case, I wouldn't always recommend this, but I think in this case, it's worth the extra or whatever it's going to cost you to move that pen to someone else that can look at it ahead of time before sending it on to its final destination. Sounds like a pain. I think at the end it's worth it. So, you know, I, there's no awesome answer to this because a lot of times, even if you buy a Visconti at a pen show, which you don't have that opportunity, Paula, anyone who does that has, knows going into it, at least if they listen to this show or follow any other pen forums, that their next steps will be over to a nibmeister to check out the nib and make sure it's good to go and get it modified if they need to. It's kind of a buy-in with Visconti, especially the the Homo sapiens. That lineup uh, seems to be one of the more egregious ones for for nibs. So I, I would love to say it would be perfect out the box. There's I'd say a greater than 50% chance that it's not. And to me, it's worth spending the extra money up front to just go ahead and get that locked down. And uh, everyone will be happy in the end. All right, let's do some letters. All right, we're going with the short one first. This is from Kalen. The short ones are often the hardest ones. If you could only keep three pins, what would they be, Mike? Fountain pins, please. This is fountain pins for Kalen. Um, I'm going to say right now, I obviously will want to keep a sailor. And I think right now today it would have to be the pink love because like I've gone through so much to get that thing. <laughs> um, then I oh, see now I'm, I'm looking at everything here today. Today, it's probably going to be two sailors. I'm going to go with the pink love and the fifth anniversary just because of how much I wanted them. And I'll be sad to have to let them go. And then like they're fountain pens. So they might run out of ink and then what am I going to do? So then I'll go with a retro 51 or some description. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, liars. See, it's got to be fountain pen. So, Oh, th- oh right. it, was, it was all fountain pens. Sorry. I misheard that part. Yeah. Then I'll also throw the right. pilot M90 in. Oh, that's a good one. I didn't think about that one. So, yeah, I mean, I think, I, I hate to say, like, super obvious things, but it's my Pilot 823, it's my Nakaya Portable, and my Sailor King of Pen. I think if I just had those three pens, I'd be happy. So look for a big sale coming soon. Just kidding. <laughs> All right, this one's from Ken. So maybe I'll see Ken in Arkansas. I got to meet him there last year. Um, and this is, I, I have an email in my inbox from someone else who was asking around this type of question too. So maybe this will help them. 
We're seeing a lot of action around brick and mortar pin stores lately. In 2017, Daly's Pin Shop closed its physical store to focus solely on online sales, and Paradise huh. Pin closed all their stores and ceased operations. Looks like a few Mont Blanc boutiques closed last year, too. Amid all these closures, the Andersons are thriving in a smallish physical market, and they just announced they're opening a second location. Yay! Also, X Fountain Pins transformed into Birmingham Pins and opened a brick and mortar in Pittsburgh. To what do you attribute these wild differences in success? Why do established companies in large markets fade away when relative newcomers explode in smaller markets? Is it due to business practices, philosophies, successful leverage of internet and social media, voodoo? What do you think is going on here? To me, it's easy. And I don't think we have to look very hard for the answer. And it's... Yeah. I know who you're is with this. Yeah. Keep, it's, it's who's keeping up to date with all the changes going on in the market, which is social media, internet sales. Yep. Um, who listens to this show has ever set foot in dailies, has ever bought anything from dailies online, has ever bought anything from Paradise Pens online. You've probably, you might have set foot in a Paradise Pens before, or who has bought from a Mont Blanc store. Every place he sh- said that shut down is a non-player in our game, if you will. I, I don't know another way to put it, but they are, they do not exist in the realm of the modern pen shopper. Things have changed. Those who change with it thrive. You know who those companies are. And they're allowed to move that success into areas like new brick and mortar locations that I fully anticipate will thrive as well and bring in a whole new market, um, you know, in, into their business. So I think there's a pretty clear line of demarcation just in Ken's words on that page. Everyone who's closed didn't count. Like they weren't, they weren't willing to adapt. Yeah. They weren't in this game. They're playing an old game. There's a new game that's been played for the last 10 years. And if you're not, you know, figuring out those rules for that game, you're going to be gone just like the rest of them. So, wow, that was mean, Brad. I know. Just throwing down the gauntlet today. (laughs) Oh, okay. This is a quick one. See, I I haven't gone through these letters again, but there's only a few. This was actually a short question. Okay. And this is actually a postscript. So it's a PS. This is from Andrew. Do all Signo 207s write like this? It skips mad. Ugh. <laughs> so I, I think I saved this one because some of the 207s, and especially 0.5 millimeters, write like crap. So thankfully, the 307s do not. Um, so switch over to the 307. They have a much more consistent ink. But I save that because I've mentioned that in the past. Especially the blue 0.5 207s were really bad. And I that's a pen I love. You know I love that pen. But the uh, those are not real good. All right, I should have I should have come more prepared for this letter writing thing. I still have them all in the original envelopes, and I'm doing a dance while I open this letter to see <laughs> where the question is because this letter's two pages long. Uh, hang on a second, and it's da, green, da, 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 and I'm wondering da, 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 if I'm gonna get the ink da, on my hand. Da, 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 Why is this in the stack? Da, 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 oh, boom, so this boom, letter boom. says. There we go. All, all I've caught in this letter so far is Mr. Hurley for shame. Oh, I like come this on. already. Yeah. Um, so let me just read this letter because I don't know why it's in the stack. It's got hashtag SPA, TPA at the top. 
So let me just uh, go through it because I can't pull out the question. And this is from uh, Mule, short for Samuel. Dear Mr. Dowdy and Hurley, because we, we want to see how Mule like dogs you out. So thank you for the hard work each of you do to create such a wonderful show each week. Oh, this that's clearly why I put this in here. While I cannot say I'm a longtime listener, I'm concurrently listening to the current episodes and all the back episodes starting with episode one. I only have about a year left to go <laughs> before I'm all caught up. Despite being a fan of the show, I must say I'm disappointed with Mr. Hurley's most recent episode of Mike at the Movies. <laughs> this oh, must be gosh. why I saved it. What is happening? <laughs> okay. The, uh, this is great. The topic was A Few Good Men, and Mr. Hurley failed to mention Kevin Pollock's pen story from the set of that movie, which was discussed on episode 154 of the Pen Addict podcast. For shame, Mr. Right. Hurley, for we shame. Have, we have a couple of I things. I remember that. I have I a remember couple of that. things. I'm taking on Bruce. This is with a this great already. letter, Mule. No, this is no, a wonderful this letter. This is terrible. All right, let me tell you why. It frustrates me. Okay, I'm I'm channeling a frustration here when people say, you forgot to mention this, right? Like, no, Uh I didn't. It just wasn't in my head, right? Like, it wasn't like I was going to talk about it and then forgot to talk about it. It was just like, I when we spoke about that on May 11th, 2015, on episode 154, I had no concept of the movie. I'd never seen it. So I would <laughs> right. not retain that information. So that's all I'm going to say on this matter. All right. So I'm going to get to the STPA, but let me continue. That horrendous moment aside, Gosh. <laughs> let us move on to my question. Gosh. I'll, I will be starting grad school in the fall and would like to buy myself one pen, which I can use for long form writing while I am in school. I typically write my first drafts by hand before editing and typing them up. Right now, I'm trying to decide between a Franklin Christoph Model 02 with one of their 14K SIG Flex nibs and the Pilot Custom 823. The Pilot has a bigger ink capacity, but I prefer the style of the Franklin Christoph. Which would the two of you recommend? As a note, I do not plan on using the Franklin Christoph for flex writing. I would just want it to give my normal writing a bit more bounce. Thank you for your help. If you don't like the style of the 823, get the Franklin Christoph with the with the bouncy nib. I love writing with the sig nib. And I just said the 823 is one of my favorite pens. But if it's going to drive you crazy by the way it looks, by all means, get the Model 02. I mean, that's my favorite Franklin Christoph model anyway. And the, uh, the sig nib is an awesome writer. Like... It doesn't really flex, but it gives you your line some character. I think it, you will have a very, very enjoyable writing experience. And yeah, you can always eyedropper it, like Chewbacca says in the chat room, to get even more ink capacity um, out of the Franklin Kristoff in the 823. So by all means, get the Franklin Kristoff. All right, last one. This one's from Poland, but not from my friend Emil. And uh, crap, where's the... Oh, I know why I did this one. Okay, so this one's cool. So... <laughs> That's Sorry, a great I didn't. Story. It's a great I'm start, super prepared. right? Uh, why am I doing this? Oh, yeah, okay, I remember. Well, I was looking for the letter, and then uh-huh. I remembered why I saved it. Um, who's this from? Uh, Saza. I I remember why I saved this. Yeah. Can Saza. you imagine? Can you can you can you even imagine the fact, ladies and gentlemen, that we are approaching episode three hundred? Hey, uh, and this, this is, is professional how podcasting. We're dealing with this stuff. Can you see that you've riled me? You've riled me now. Mm-hmm. I have, I have, so I'm getting it back now. Yep. So why I saved this one is because I was sent a notebook and the letter to me was written in the notebook that they wanted me to check out. That's so I an thought interesting that was really way cool. of doing it. 
Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> my dilemma was I reopened the envelope to look for the letter, then remembered that the letter was actually in the notebook. And they wrote the letter on the center page of the notebook. So you can remove it from the staples and then have the remainder of the notebook. So, um, oh yeah, I think that was it. I don't think there was any ass TPA for this one. I just wanted to brag on the fact <laughs> That I was sent a notebook. <laughs> Is this just mail time with Brad now? Do you want to go open an electricity bill while you're at it? Like, well, what do you want to do? If here? they talk, if they talk bad about you, I will definitely yeah. uh, read this. Oh, but okay. So here, this will make you happy, and we'll okay. end on this note. So the the question was, you know, what did you think about the quality of this paper? Which I'll need to check out. Um, they want my opinion on the notebook and they intentionally wrote in the middle and it says, thanks for reading through this. P.S. If this somehow made it to the podcast, hi, Mike. That'll do. Yep. I'll take that. That'll do All for right. me. Thank you very much. If you want to find our show notes for this week, go to relay.fm slash penaddict slash 299. Uh, I will say at this point, I want to reiterate this in case anybody thinks that we're planning a big fake out. We have literally nothing planned for next week. <laughs> literally nothing absolutely zero uh the show will be planned a day or two before as it always is it will be a regular episode it will just, we are going to celebrate our 300th in a few weeks time when we're in uh, together in april uh in in the atlanta pen show that is going to be our celebration of the show as it always is like another year kind of we do it's like oh we did another year kind of thing uh we're mm-hmm. not we're not going to do anything special next week because yep. I was thinking about it today. I was like, yeah. I was like, no, no, I think we're good. Because at this point, yeah. why are we even celebrating these big milestones? Because we're going to be here forever anyway. So, right, right. Just another number. Except just another so number. So next, yeah, next week, just download and you don't have to listen. No, you still have to do that. Oh, okay. They still have to gotcha. listen. It's, it's going to be okay. a great episode. It's just not oh. going to be like, we're not going to do a, a special, you know? You will not believe what we have planned for next week. Yeah, just you, you, you just gotta you gotta click to find out. You'll never believe what they mm-hmm. have planned. Uh, can you, man? Mm-hmm. Like the celebrities that we've got lined up, you'd never <sighs> even expect. Uh, you can find Brad online at penaddict, thepenaddict.com. Uh, he is at knock.co, penaddict on Instagram, dowdyism on Twitter. I am iMike, I am YKE. Thanks to Pen Chalet, Blue Apron, and Curve Case for their support of this episode. Most of all, thank you for listening, and we'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Brad Dowdy. Goodbye, Brad Dowdy.